Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Wednesday, everybody. He's Adam Hirahuck. He's loopy as all hell today. I'm oh Sean God. Cantwell. And <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you've had a fun week. Well, okay, so like the listeners have heard me bitch about my knee for about three weeks now. It's only been, it's been more than three weeks, it's, dude. Uh, this goes back to last fall, summer. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, my brother, my brother, and I were laying the floor uh, back in January. So that was my foot. Oh, that was, okay. That was my foot, and that was uh, I can't, that was over the summer. I know I can't. It's all lower body injury. I, I can't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just don't let the opponents know who you're. What you got going on? Exactly. No, uh, <laughs> I know. Can't have I-92 finding out about this knee injury, man. We're having problems. <laughs> yeah, because uh, back in 2019, it was my right knee. And then all last summer, it was my left foot. Now it's my left knee. So it's – anyway, uh, yeah, so doctor put me on what I thought was a painkiller, but it's like an inflammatory. I don't know what it is, but hopefully it's doing its job. I took – I was so off about taking – I'm not a big – Pill popper as it is, yeah. But I was like, well, I gotta do something. I gotta be more aggressive. I, you know, my plan was to go get an X-ray done. That didn't happen because <laughs> I mean, the doctor's like, okay, yeah, you make sure you eat this, you take this on a full stomach, and even the the pharmacist is like, yeah, this will mess your stomach up. Don't do to. I mean, make sure you get on a full stomach. So I was like, terrible. What kind of stuff are you prescribing here? I didn't even know what this. Was. Make so, sure you're not drinking either. Oh yeah, that was probably a bad idea. Um. So I said, okay. So I finally said, you know what? I need to be a good patient. I'm not being a very good patient. So I'm going to do exactly what the doctor says. I'm going to take this, this stuff. I've uh, put on my immobilizer uh, knee brace. But I tell you what, I have had this situation before where I take like painkillers and stuff like that. And I have the most vivid dreams I, I had ever had. Oh, boy. And, and like when I, was, when I had uh, wrenched my back out. I got put on painkillers, and I had an extremely vivid dream that I was playing blackjack in a Denny's restaurant with Jack Nicholson with a dealer who couldn't speak English. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was... Yeah, I wasn't doing... Jack was doing great. He was doing great. I'm doing a great job over here. I sucked. Just like I suck at doing Jack Nicholson impressions. Uh, last night, I took this... <laughs> I had a dream that I was in the tool shed at a church camp with a dry erase board that clearly read, new rule, no more defecating on the on the porch during daylight hours. <laughs> so apparently this is a uh, regular occurrence. <laughs> I, I guess. I, apparently at this church camp, this was a, has an issue to where it needed to be addressed. <laughs> wow. During daylight hours. Nighttime, let Nighttime, rip. crap wherever you want, apparently. <laughs> And then I had a dream that <laughs> I, I, I had been married. I don't know who you know if you know who the actress Alicia Witt is, but uh, I have no clue. She uh, was in a lot of movies in the 2000s, some TV shows, and uh, I had a big crush on her in the 2000s. Redhead, of course. What was uh, she in that I would recognize? Uh, Urban Legend. Uh, she was in Sybil Shepherd's show. She's a musician now. She tours around and she puts out her own stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, I I dreamt that I had been married to her for a couple of years and forgot to tell everybody she was an actress. <laughs> I'm not telling Dorothy this one. Hopefully she's not listening today. She's going to be like... <laughs> You're going to ask the questions to answer when you get oh, home tonight, yeah, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's Alicia <laughs> Witt? <laughs> Some B-movie actress? What the? 
Uh, you'd have to see her in a in a uh, was it uh, John? Oh, I'm drawing a blank now. Now all of a sudden I have like no information. Last night I could have wrote down a whole synopsis of everything, but uh, maybe she, you should have. Maybe that needs to be a recurring segment for as long as you're on this stuff. Yeah, she uh, Cecil B. Demented. She was in a movie. It was a uh, John Waters film, and she was in that um, playing a, a former porn star. And she, she was something else. I'm like, why, why am I not mentioning this? I'm glad I didn't have my phone on because in a half stupor, I probably would have texted, hey, can everybody know that I'm married to Alicia Witt and probably tagged her? And she'd be like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, no, no. We don't need What's that. this restraining order that just showed up at our house today, Adam? <laughs> the process server. We're like, sorry, I have to give this to you. So, no, no, no. This, this makes total sense. I'm cu- as, have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, look, it's got her autograph on it. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I'm going to frame it. Just keep it forever on my wall. <laughs> I'm going to grind it up and I'm going to snort it. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's that's one way to go about it, I suppose. I mean, there. I just some. And some of the dreams just keep coming back. I was supposed to. I usually had been getting up around eight o'clock, seven o'clock, getting up with Dorothy. Basically, I didn't get up till like eleven thirty. <laughs> I wanted to go get my knee looked at and everything else. I was just, I'm still feeling loopy. I'm, I'm hoping you have no problem doing the heavy lifting for the show because I, <laughs> as I crack open another beer, let's do this. Right? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting uh, rest of the week. I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll 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 see just how far we get through all this. I probably just need to get the blood pumping. I'll probably be just fine. Right. We'll 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 do what we can then, man. It yep. is happy hour. Your local alternative is South State Radio. It is happy hour, and th- this seemed like the kind of topic I feel like you're going to just have all of the the things to comment on. Thank God all we, right. you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we we rag a lot on this fine country we live in. Yes. And I have certainly been known to sing the praises of our neighbors to the north, but as it turns out, it might not be all it's cracked up to be in a number of ways, hmm. as apparently if, uh, if the conservatives are to take over the government in Canada, they have uh, apparently signaled they would change the law to require that porn websites verify the age of users to prevent minors from accessing the content. Like, yeah, because it works for uh, beer websites so well. Yeah, so, so very, very well. When asked whether his government would require porn websites to verify the age of users, opposition leader Pierre Polyev signaled Polyev on Wednesday, France, yeah. yes. Yeah. He didn't offer further explanation, and his office quickly followed up with a clarifying statement asserting that the Tories don't believe in the imposition of a digital ID. But they are sponsoring and supporting a Senate private member's bill that promises to require age verification for people to access pornography online. The bill passed the Senate in the spring, and... Uh, the other parties that I don't really care about at the moment voted to send to a House of Commons committee for study. The law would require websites to verify users' ages before they can access sexually explicit content and penalize sites that don't comply, but it doesn't specify how that would be done. Options could include the use of a digital government ID, as some U.S. states have legislated, or services that can estimate age based on a scan of a person's face. And I can't possibly see any way that any of this could go horribly, horribly wrong. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, you're just holding up a picture of your dad. Come on, show me the boobies. I just don't see it happening. But like, I don't think anyone... 
should be feeling particularly comfortable about the idea of these websites having a database of like the people and you know actual identifiable information of the people who use their websites. Yeah. Because how soon until somebody cracks into that, and then next thing you know, you're getting a, or not, maybe not you, Sean Campbell, because you're pure as the driven snow, but true. Uh, I am. somebody gets a, hey, uh, I, I'm, I'm a really bad guy. I, trust me, I'm a really bad guy. I, have, I know exactly what sites you've been to, you perv, and I'm going to tell your wife, unless you pay me X amount of dollars. I feel like that's very much a thing that's going to come up. I mean, you already have like the, the scam emails that try and do that stuff now where yep. you don't have access to that sort of thing. Right. Like, imagine if someone actually breaks in and has, like, oh, so this this person, this is how old they are, like, here's their ID and everything else. Like, that, all of that sounds very much like, for I mean, beyond being a huge invasion of privacy. I'd rather see them... Uh, huge security put, risk. Yeah, I'd rather see them put more effort into these scams that have just been attacking the elderly, young kids. I was hearing a story uh, that happened, this was a couple years ago, but 12-year-old kid gets a phone call. Yeah, hey, uh, we know that you're looking at these sites and uh, uh, some homosexual sites, and we're going to tell everybody at your school unless you pay us $1,000. Well, I'm 12 years old. I only have $1,000. Well, you better have $1,000 or get ready for hell at school, or you might want to just go ahead and kill yourself. Kid killed himself. So, I mean, that's a very real real threat. So, I mean, it's a... Uh, I'd rather see governments look at uh, taking care of that before they're worried about, you know, somebody watching pornography. Apparently, um, one of the basically representatives that sponsored this bill said that there should be no direct collection of identity documentation by the site publisher from the site no age estimates based on the user's web browser history, and no processing of biometric data for the purpose of uniquely identifying or authenticating a natural person. But, okay, so then how would you uh, go about verifying users' ages under penalty of law without that kind of system, unless we're literally just doing, are, are, are you over 18? Are you over 21? Yeah, sure. Okay, right, whatever. Come on in. Bring on the porn. Yeah, yeah. Wow, everybody seems to be born on January 1st, 2000. That's crazy. It must be a one heck of a birthday. Uh, it's it's kind of simple, and a lot of people in the porn industry would agree with me. There's too much free porn out there. So you should have to pay for the, the service, and to do that, you would have to have a credit card. You have to be a certain age to use a credit card. There you go, unless you get a hold of your parents, which, you know, that's, you know, that's the parents' fault for not you know, locking up <laughs> the, the car. Well, right? Yeah, you're also going to see, parents are going to see, wait a minute, I don't remember seeing this. Right. I mean, you're still going to be ways around that, certainly. Like, you can... Yeah, I'm sure somebody's going to know how to hack into it, but it's not going to be your average 14-year-old kid who wants to get his rocks off. That's uh, So that would eliminate that. And plus, I mean, it's very much like the whole Napster thing. I mean, these people are putting out the, this product and people are just downloading it for free. Not that I ever have. Not no, that you've ever no. done that. No. I say, be careful what you wish for, man. Like, I you pay for have... my porn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> you don't. You, I you make are... my porn. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Well, no. Good Why Lord. Why is that nice young lady riding that beanbag? No, that's, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Adam. Yeah, come on. We we know you're far too much of a broke ass to actually pay for porn. Wow, come on. You think I'm broke? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I I would have had other guesses, but fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah. Now it's my knee. Now it'll be my right wrist. <laughs> You're just gonna. My God, man, he's not gonna be able to, to write anything for the next month by the time he's <laughs> he's ambidextrous now, right? And then he's. I went with the stranger. Now this wrist hurts. <laughs> I just I just don't see that going anywhere ultimately because like no one no one's ever gonna want to agree to have that information yeah. accessible to, to porn websites. Yes, like I guarantee, uh, like they're gonna they're gonna stop doing this once they realize that a lot of their the people who vote for them and also a lot of the people who are in these offices, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, are taking full advantage and you know looking at porn, and Pride would not want the, their names to end up on a list that might get leaked out in the public. Well, it's, uh, it's a very private thing. I mean, sexuality is it's a private thing for the most part, unless you're, you know, certain people I know who like to, you know, it's, it's funner in groups. You know? <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I think that's too much government meddling. Absolutely it is. I, that is. That is not a place where I want any government to be involved in, in, in legislating or, you know, having access to said proof. Cause like, well, how do we know that you're actually, that you have all this information? Well, here's the information for you. Like they could then just sue and find out your info. You have the government now sending you notifications. We know what porn you've been watching. Yeah. We thought you were racist, but no, apparently you like black guys a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like just no good comes from any of this. Like, right. <laughs> like we know what you've been watching, and we want you to know, you. Yeah, and we, no, we're Signed fine. The government. Yeah, we, no, we're fine with it. In fact, if you go to this video that you watched on Christmas morning, <laughs> you nasty bastard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Right on the fifth of July, you started watching a lot of uh, women wearing red, white, and blue. Patriotic. I'll give you that. <laughs> Merkin, hell yeah, brother! <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh God, it's happy hour. It's Solid State Radio. Stick around. You know, I just didn't feel like waiting till Friday to do this this week. All right. So, what say we ruin some lives, eh? Hey, it's time it. for another installment of Sean and Adam's unsolicited advice. You know the drill by now. Real people, real problems. Yada yada yada. We ruin lives. Let's do it. Dear somebody who cares. I dated Lou when we were in high school. It was very brief, a few months, but an intense relationship. And we broke up before we went to college, and I had one more year left of high school. He was my first kiss, and we were really close friends. But I wasn't super attracted to him or ever really in love, which I felt bad about. I think he may have felt more for me than I did for him, and it seemed like he saw us dating long term. Nevertheless, we had a very amicable breakup and wished each other well. I'll bet you did. Fast forward eight years, Lou is married, and I'm happily in a long-term relationship of my own. We've only communicated once in these eight years, which is when I congratulated him on his engagement. Uh, we had a bit of a friendly back and forth. I haven't thought of him much since, so imagine my surprise when I move across the country to go to orientation for my graduate school and see that he's in the same program. I was caught off guard to see him, but overall thought of it as a funny coincidence. He, however, seemed to have different feelings. His opening line was, well, this is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Followed up by, I heard you might be here, and others told me that was unlikely, and I must have jinxed it because here you are. Jinxed it? Wow, that's nice. His body language is uncomfortable and cold. We talked for a few minutes between orientation sessions, in which I asked how he and his wife were and what they'd been up to recently, and shared I'd been living in a different city with my partner. He didn't smile or laugh at anything I said. Well, maybe you just weren't funny. 
We right. went back to the <clears throat> sessions, and Lou deliberately sat separately from me despite there being many open seats. When it was time for lunch, we bumped into each other again. I checked it and said, hey, we don't have to talk if it makes you uncomfortable. I don't want to make you feel weird or anything, and I'm happy to do whatever feels best to you. Lou said he didn't feel weird and insisted on us eating lunch together. I kind of panicked and grabbed another person to eat with us. I'll spare you all the details, but for the rest of orientation, he continued to say and do things that were very awkward, such as of saying, of course you would think that, do that, and smirking after everything I said, deliberately sitting one seat away from me when a group of us went to an orientation session. I thought this would be the end of our interactions because the grad program is so large and I don't live near campus. Then the text began. He began texting me multiple times a week and double or triple texting me sometimes, acting like we were best buds. Things like, how's your week going? How's grad school treating you? Or what are you up to for a break? I tried to let a few weeks pass by before answering, but then when I did, he would answer immediately with more questions. I told him I'm not a big texter and even offered to meet up with him and his wife for coffee sometime instead, but now we're in a class together and the texts are more intense. He's a nice person and not saying anything creepy, but the assumed intimacy after being strangers for so long is weirding me out. We've not become friends again yet. My partner is aware of these texts and doesn't care, but has told me the texts are weird to them too. Uh-huh. Should I make a more explicit invite to him and his wife so we can get out of this weird gray zone? Should I keep answering the texts when I feel like it? Should I tell him to stop? Am I reading too much into this and this is completely normal? What do I do? Well, at first, it sounded like he was really putting a boundary there. He was establishing a boundary. Hey, we dated eight years ago. It's a different time now. Uh, you know, and he didn't want to lead her on, or maybe she was coming on strong and he put up the, the stop sign in the, in the sense that he's sitting away from her. He, you know, but then, okay, yeah, let's, let's sit down uh, with each other. Oh, I, I'm going to make comments, make it sound like I've known you so intimately the last eight years. Hey, let me keep texting you. This guy is conflicted. He is very conflicted about how his his feelings for her. He probably meant to put those boundaries up so he wasn't conflicted, but maybe he's feeling nostalgic. Maybe he's uh, warming up to her, and maybe it's you know. Either way, it's it's they're on their way to bad times. Yeah, like I don't really think you even need to come up with an excuse here, as far as um not wanting to talk to this cat like. As a general rule, I would say don't talk to people who creep you out. Don't feel like you have to force a relationship or friendship with this dude who clearly weirds you right the f out. Yeah, yeah. It's, Do you're, not. You don't, you're not. You you're you don't owe him anything. Which is weird because at the beginning of the letter, it sounded like she was creeping him out. But then, and then the story takes a complete about face. And here and it, here we are. It kind of seemed like, I'm not going to lie, the, the initial bit, like I was told there wasn't going to be other people on Jinxed or whatever, like almost like he went out there knowing or having an idea that she was going to end up there. But and, he was trying to tell her and, and try, try to convince himself, I'm not interested. I'm happily married. I have 1.25 kids and uh, I, I don't want to uh, pursue this or we're just working buddies. Okay. And. No, you know. I feel like he's trying to convince himself that more yeah. than her. Oh, absolutely. He's definitely trying to convince himself. He's definitely got some some uh, outstanding feelings there that have never been properly dealt with. And it is such a weird thing when people either consciously or subconsciously try to rekindle a relationship after so long because then you got to wonder, does he like her or does he feel nostalgic 
for what they used to be eight years ago. There's times when people just really want to feel young again, and you know that's why they'll go and see an old movie uh, that they used to watch, or they love seeing the reboots of the movie, or they'll start talking to somebody that they dated a long time ago. I mean, you hear people being just infatuated with a high school crush after 20 years. You realize that's not the same person. That person, If that person is still the same as they were in high school, then they suffered a head injury. <laughs> and there has been no, de- uh, they, no, no, growth, development. no, yeah, development. no growth. So I, do you like her or do you like the idea of her? That, exactly right there. Yeah. Like he likes the idea of her and what she was then. I don't think he, he, he doesn't like her as she is now or do, and doesn't realize that. So I think it's obvious he, she needs to text him one last time and say, hey, what are you and your wife doing? Let's, uh, let's all three of us get it on and see what he says. You know, just to, just to kind of feel it out. Really, I, really call him out. Right? I, I feel like that's a terrible idea. <laughs> like... That's the worst possible thing you could do. Because then he'd be like, you know what? I think I'd be up to it. And she'd be like, psych, leave me alone. That's when you start getting even longer, just blocks and walls of tax from yeah. this guy. Like, it, you really, the, honestly, one of you should probably go off to, to another school or something and block, you should block his number. Yeah. I mean, kudos to her, her man for, you know, not being threatened by it. Right. I mean, admitting that she, she's been open and honest with him. I think that's the healthiest part of it. If there's ever a hero of this story, it's this guy. Because I mean, he's just, he's not being a jerk about it. He's eh, he is coming a little creepy, but he's not like, okay, yep, you're not doing that class anymore. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is weird that he's doing this, but not like making you feel like a piece of crap over it. Right. So exactly. you've at least got that going for you, which is nice. Yep. So there you go. Just. Block the number, maybe consider changing schools. Absolutely do not try and double date this guy because that I, I have a feeling that you know this might be one of those cases where Adam's usual uh, advice here is what he's trying to set up for. Yeah, yeah probably. I, I, I think he's trying to swing. Oh, probably. Or just leave his wife entirely and go off with her. But, you know, it's sometimes the, the, what's the adage? The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. I just, this guy, if I was to get But the him grass is far less single, though. Yeah, the grass is far less single. And a lot of times that grass is greener over the septic field. Um, right. Yeah, so I would, if it, my advice to this guy is just move on, brother. Move on. It's been eight years. It's almost a decade. Get over it. Absolutely. Hope this helps. You know, it does seem like we talk a lot on this show about, like, YouTube goobers who have this, like, main character syndrome thing where they think everyone wants to be, like, a backup star, you know, backup extra in their viral videos and whatever. And oh, yeah. You see that all the time. It, far too much so, quite frankly. And this is another example of those, but at least in this case, the kids get what's coming to them. Two teens accused of assaulting two men for a TikTok prank at a Northwest Harris County Park are now charged. Good. 19-year-old Alfred Lewis is being held on a $10,000 bond for aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon charge and a $100 personal bond for his assault charge. Uh, 18-year-old Kingston Miker is facing the same charges as his former classmate, uh, but has not been arrested. Lewis assaulted two men in separate instance, uh, incidents at Wortham Park in Texas last Thursday while Micah recorded. Lewis used a gun and physically assaulted the victim to rob him of his iPhone 14, valued at approximately $1,000. <laughs> 
Actually, there's video of this. Deputies say Lewis approached a man walking on the park's trail from behind. He allegedly demanded the man's cell phone with a gun pointed at him and threatened to shoot him in the foot. When the victim refused to give up the cell phone, Lewis reportedly passed the gun to his friend, who was the camera guy. Officials said uh, Mike pointed the gun at the victim while the other kid punched and choked him. About 45 minutes later, uh, Lewis is seen on video again, hitting another man from behind, just sucker punched a guy in the back of the head. The second victim told investigators that Lewis and Mike laughed when the victim said he didn't find it funny. He believes Lewis reached for a gun. The videos were uploaded to TikTok. So, I'm sorry, did you say these were pranks? Yeah, these were supposedly pranks that these kids posted on TikTok. That actually occurred with, you know, physical violence. The physical violence and armed robbery. Armed robbery. Wow. What's it going to take? Somebody, somebody, one of these famous TikTokers or YouTubers are going to have to get killed before anybody takes this seriously? Apparently. Yeah, lock these kids up. The, it, it gets even better, though. Your so, cellmate would be like, hit like and subscribe, baby. Right. Um, the, so the, the cameraman denied recording the videos when asked by Houston's ABC 13. He said he was told to post them from his social media accounts because he had a large following. So the dumbass threw his, threw his buddy under the bus. Right? Like, maybe you shouldn't have posted it to your social media account then, moron. Yeah. But this kid actually also spoke to the aforementioned TV channel about it. And... So this kid says, I, it was a prank. I had no problem with the man. I wasn't trying to hurt him. I was hanging out with my friend, and we did a TikTok. And so, yeah, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to harm anybody. So what were you trying to do when you choked this guy out, and then you punched a guy from behind? Yeah, I wasn't trying to hurt the guy that I sucker punched. I wonder, if we could, I wonder how the audio is for this, because I would love to see this video. Uh, yeah, I have not been able to find any. I, 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 like, I have it's probably the video, but not the audio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't understand that explanation to this. Like, and it's the second assault, worse. The teen, yeah, the teen tackled the man at the waist in the second assault, and like I said, there was a gun pulled out. Like you're facing real <laughs> oh, yeah. jail time now, man. Yeah. What? How do you know that guy's not armed himself? Right. This is Texas, man. <laughs> the other guy could very well be packing and be far less afraid to shoot you. And that guy would go free that very day. He would. And be hailed as a hero, quite uh, frankly. Probably. Absolutely. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not against gun I'm not for gun I'm not against gun violence. I'm not, not against for- gun violence at all. <laughs> Shoot. I love it. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm uh, you know, I'm against gun violence and everything else, but if this guy pulled out a gun and shot because he felt his life was in danger, kudos, my man. Kudos. Hit him again. I'm not necessarily a fan of gun violence, but I am a fan of violence against idiot TikTokers trying to make the world their 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 stage and going and literally assaulting people. Like if this kid would have been turned around and just beaten down or you know shot with his own gun or whatever, like I, that would have been just come up. It's quite frankly. Uh-huh. Like, I wonder if the gun was even loaded. I wonder if it was a real gun. Quite honestly, like I like that. I don't have that video of the. Uh, the armed robbery prank, you know, that hilarious prank, you know, give me all your money or I'll shoot you. Make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, th- that, I don't see the video of that. I, I, I don't wow. I wonder if it was a re- if it has even a real gun. Like, they, they probably didn't know that. It was a prank, bro. Like, it's a prank, so they're probably like, they had like an airsoft gun or something like that. That way we can just say it's not a, really, it's not a real gun. The, they'll, the cops will laugh. We'll laugh. It'll be, a, be worth a lot of hits. No, you're going to jail. Yeah. You're yeah. going to get hit. 
a lot. Yeah, you're and you're lucky you're just going to jail. Like in a lot of instances, and again, this being in Texas, especially land yeah. of the of the F around and find out. Yeah. Like, you're lucky this guy didn't turn around and and blast you to smithereens. Exactly. You mangy varmint. <laughs> smithereens. <laughs> I'm not gonna be on no count foreign tic tac. <laughs> like I like this is so just poorly f- thought out that I can't understand how a rational human being would possibly think to do something this dumb. Uh, exactly. But well, here's the world we live in. It's going to take one of these famous TikTokers doing something stupid, getting killed or sued for millions of dollars until it. other people are like, well, maybe here's I should pro- do this. Here's the problem, though. It doesn't stop them. We've had people who have gotten, who've gotten shot. The guy that kept waving the phone you know, and, and circling this pizza delivery guy. Dude shoots him. He thinks, luckily for him, he survives. Yep. But there was another one that happened uh, where I think a guy like pulled a knife on somebody and found out that, well, gun beats knife um, <laughs> and ended up dying. Wow. Like, so these people do like they these get are the stories, injured. Yeah, they these die. The stories, yeah, these are the stories that we need to bring up more. People and the it's news, still not enough to stop uh, these people. I, yeah, the news services need to do their due diligence and say, hey, look, this happened. It's news. It bleeds. It leads. It fits that narrative. And hopefully it warns some idiot 14-year-old kid who, you know, just wants to be the next Mr. Beast or whatever. Yeah, they, they, they need to learn. They, they need to be shown, like, that there's real consequences to doing these things. And apparently that just means we're, we're going to have to start really just publicizing these stories where, yeah, this guy, he effed around, he found out. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what the hell? Tame Impala, your local alternative, Solid State Radio. <laughs> it is happy hour, and oh, the, these stories, they just write themselves sometimes. So apparently, <laughs> you are jazzed up about this. Because <laughs> it, it is everything I, I was holding back to try and not do this bit on the air. But we, try, we try not to get too political, but yeah, when you read this, it was just like, all right, I guess we're doing this. So I guess there is a, uh, there's a workplace... Uh, discrimination lawsuit going on in Missouri uh, against an employee, uh, Jean Finney, who is a lesbian, says uh, she filed a workplace bias lawsuit against the Missouri Department of Corrections, basically saying she's being discriminated against because she is a lesbian. And so in trying to find jurors for this, um, the trial judges rejected a few of the jurors because they... uh, Apparently, the, Miss, the Missouri Court of Appeals said the questions were asked of jurors focused on whether they had strong feelings about homosexuality because her sexual orientation was very much at the heart of the claim. So a Supreme Court justice speaks out about this, saying that, uh, basically, and I told you so, he's saying this is the exact type of outcome he warned against when, against his objections, the Supreme Court ruled in two f- 2015 that the Constitution guarantees a right to same-sex marriage. He said he'd anticipated that Americans would be labeled as bigots unless they hid their traditional religious beliefs about, quote, homosexual conduct. The court had made clear the gay marriage decision should not be used in that way, Alito said, but, quote, I'm afraid this admonition is not being heeded by our society. So you were worried that bigots were going to be called bigots. That's the thing you were really worried about here? Yeah, or some people just like, I want to get out of uh, jury duty, and this is a... This is the way I can do it and still, you know, come across as being uh, deeply religious. 
A close relationship with God. Right. It's a a religious conviction. I'm not totally just trying to get out of this, uh, out of jury (laughs) duty, because no one wants to do jury duty. Let's be honest here. Find out. I I mean, there's a. Go ahead. I got to do in March. (laughs) Oh, do you? I got to report over there for jury duty. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to skirt that as much as possible. Right. Like, you know what? I'm really a big fan of murder. Like, yeah. you know, find out what it is that you're being put on trial for and just go and make yourself look like the biggest, craziest POS possible. <laughs> I believe we should still have death by firing squad yeah. for people who wait, wait until the end of a lane to merge. So we have a guy here who is on trial for murder. He got caught. <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> God, what are you what are you even doing? I could have done it better. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. But no, on. the like yeah. the takeaway for from this for me though, like for for real is that this guy was so worried apparently like, "Oh, oh my god, you're disc- you're you're not going to let these bigots be on this jury because because they're the kind of people that would absolutely be fine with firing somebody from their job for being gay. That's <laughs> literally the entire effing point of the trial, you moron." Right. How does this guy have a law degree meanwhile we're sitting here doing this? I don't understand. Like that's that's literally the entire point of the workplace discrimination suit that is being filed. Yep. I, I mean, and and then for that uh, Supreme Court justice, I mean, that's a pretty high uh, uh, avenue uh, level to reach. Yeah. And he's like, "See, see what I told I, I told you I told you all that we shouldn't have done that." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. T- told you you shouldn't have done that because now people are going to be criticized and called bigots for being like. I and, and you know what? I make no apologies for this. Like, if you are the kind of person that your deeply held religious convictions believe that make you believe that you know you're better than gay people and that they're terrible, they're burning so whatever. Like, no, yeah, I totally do think you are a bigot. Not gonna, I, I, I make no apologies for it. I don't question it. You're a god awful human being, and I hope like hell that you know all the worst things in the world happen to you. Like, <laughs> I, I've got no room for that in my life, man. Yeah, I really don't. But. The f- that it's just funny that he's literally saying the quiet part out loud with this <laughs> to me. Like you're, like well, we didn't think we'd actually be judged for discriminating against people. That this is not what this was supposed to be about. Right. See, I told you we shouldn't have given them gay people rights. God, what were we <laughs> thinking? Oh, I don't get it. I, I mean. No, nor do I, man. It's, I mean, I keep going back to the safe space that I have uh, where there's a separation of uh, church and state. So you can't, you shouldn't be able to say, hey, well, it's against my reli- uh, uh, religion. But I mean, that is freedom of religion. I guess that's part of the Bill of Rights. Oh, Adam, we live in Lapeer County. You know they don't believe in separation oh, yeah, of church and state don't. anymore. Look who just got elected. Yep. They want to bring church with them. Right. They 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 want to have opening prayer before every like major government event like th- like you shouldn't be surprised at all like that th- this is exactly the kind of thing that you know these people are hoping for. <laughs> yeah, right. yep. I'll stand off my soapbox now. Direct all your hate mail to Adam Harahuck. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. I'll take it. I'll, I'll I'll field all the hate mail from any bigots that want to respond to me. Sean at SolidStateRadio.net. It is happy hour at Solid State Radio. Stick around. So I haven't yet been to this place, Adam. Like I I've been as as much as I hang out in downtown Detroit, and I do quite a bit. I passed by the place once, and like there was a line around the uh, around the building, really. Yeah, that M M&M and M Mom Spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, 
it's it was a big thing when they first opened. The first like ten customers were served by Eminem himself, which you know, nine of those people drove by. So like, you can't even smile at your job. You don't deserve fifteen an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of burger flippers. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it, it's been a thing. It's a, a lot of Eminem fans uh, have tried it. I've never tried it. You said you've never tried it. Apparently, it's uh, going to be in stores here at some point. Really? Uh, there's one critic that it didn't like it. Well, he's probably wrong. Food critic Rashad Mormon, who goes by Mr. Chime Time Online. Has never heard of him. Never heard of him. Next, has visited Detroit on his, rest- visited Detroit on his restaurant review escapades before. He's usually... Brutal, honest about the food and experience at these stops. In other words, he's definitely not the kind of guy to just be nice. Now he's commenting on Eminem's mom spaghetti. He has a big following on social media. He has more than 1.3 million followers on TikTok, 800,000 on Facebook. Uh, Don't care. Yeah. So this review is getting out there. Let me see. Uh, this is by far the worst spaghetti that I have ever had in my entire life of eating spaghetti. I find that hard to believe, sir. Yeah, there's a, there's per- you never had my dad cook your spaghetti. It was horrible. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. He, he run, I want to make enough for a couple days, and you sure did, Dad, because nobody ate it. It less a big old Salvation Army pot of, you know, so like three or four pounds of spaghetti. Was it with, really that bad? With one thing of, like, a spaghetti sauce. It, it, was, it was bad. It was really bad. I didn't even think I liked spaghetti until Dorothy. Like, was it the pasta itself or the sauce? Like, what's it was the... No, there was bad ratio. <laughs> you, you just had dry orange noodles. <laughs> Well, that's well. Well, that's just you're not doing it right at that point. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it's, it's right. and I think I think he used canned hunts. <laughs> oh, like just just like the pre-done spaghetti sauce, like didn't actually make like anything in it. Just yeah. like dump in can, heat up, call her good. Yeah, pretty much. Man, you can't do that. Like, look, my my, I'll I'll put it out there. My dad was not. The, the greatest cook that ever lived. Like, I didn't think I liked steak until I went and had it at a restaurant. He learned from my grandmother who could have literally burnt a boiling pot of water. <laughs> like, the, the Cantwell side of my family wouldn't know how to cook if their lives depended on it. Yeah. But he could at least make good pasta. Like, a, a real spaghetti sauce. Yeah. Like, you can't... You, you can't just cheap out on that stuff. No, like, no, you can't. You got to at least do the, your, the actual you know, ground beef and go and make your own you know, sauce. Get, go get the canned tomato uh, uh, paste or whatever sure. and, and do it upright. Now, I will say that Dad did make a bomb-ass chili. He, he made a really good chili. But, yeah, spaghetti was not his forte. He, really, he wasn't much of a cooker. He didn't like to cook. It was just like, okay, got to feed the kids. Wife's working second shift, so I got to feed the kids. This is the same guy who made uh, fisherman stew, which is fisherman stew is usually pretty decent, but made it with cat food. Oh, sweet Jesus. Well, that's my fault because uh, there, there was a can of cat food, and I put a tuna fish label around the can of cat food and put it back in the pantry. Oh, so you, you kind of <laughs> had that coming to yourself then at that point. He uh, made a fisherman stew with this what he thought was tuna fish, even though it was beef-flavored uh, cat food. And it he had a pull ring. Like, <laughs> you were like, eh, smell, it smells like tuna, smells whatever. Like, oh, he's probably like, damn, kids, I, I, I was in Vietnam. I shot somebody, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll fix these bastards. <laughs> and so we're eating dinner, and Dad's on a second helping. 
Uh, <laughs> my mom is complaining about the food, which is not was not out of the ordinary. I didn't think I liked steak either because she insisted like steak needed to be like cremated. Yeah, that was my dad too. Like every time, like th- th- this steak is like it. It's so it might as well be shoe leather. Yeah, like it just wasn't. It wasn't great. Like, no. I, and I I didn't realize until we went out to an actual restaurant like late in my high school years that okay, I actually do like steak. I don't need to drown it in a one to actually enjoy it (laughs) to soften it up (laughs) a lot of times i went to bed that night with my jaws hurting chewing this stuff but yeah i mean now to be fair he also made the best lasagna like ever but they they always have that thing where they can do really really well at one Uh, one or two specific things and then everything else my mom could make a homemade chicken noodle soup that was fantastic but dad i mean so he makes a stew and my mom's complaining about the meal and everything else and she's like well did you get like dark tuna well what is this joe so dad gets up and Pulls a, a canister, the can out of the trash, and I see where I taped it. My brother saw me do it. He starts spitting it out. My mom's like, "What? What? What happened?" And I, I didn't have any. I started with my vegetables because I'm one of those people like you eat this, then this, and then this. And I ate my vegetables first, and uh, was laughing. It's cat food. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Told that that story was told at his uh, at his eulogy. <laughs> Dad's funeral was the only one who was just like, we should have had a drum set. <laughs> I would expect that from your family. <laughs> Make sure you check out the 8 o'clock funeral. It gets a little blue. <laughs> but yeah, spaghetti. So yeah, this person did not like Eminem's mom's spaghetti. And so I'm sure, you know, he, they're, the guy's, Eminem's probably already got a, a flame track ready to go. Oh yeah, he's he's already recorded the diss track, and he's he's I believe it's dropping today. As a matter of fact, yeah, probably zero out of ten rating. Wow, <laughs> it can't be that bad. There's no way it can be like. There's no way food in a professional kitchen can honestly be that bad. Because I feel like I've had spaghetti at people's homes and you know other at restaurants and things where it was just kind of mediocre. But like, I can't see a zero out of ten. Like, we need to. We need to go down to Detroit and, and determine this for ourselves. I think so. We'll do that, and then we'll hit sweet water to get the taste out of our mouth if we don't like it. Right. If it ends up being as terrible as this guy says it is, yeah, we'll and, and you know hit, get a little bit of booze on our way around, cleanse oh, the palate. There we go. You know, of course. Yeah, uh, just a good time all the way around. Salt it's sea. happy hour. It's Salty Radio. Happy hour, your local alternative is Solid State Radio. As we get set to get the hell out of Dodge, you're on a Wednesday afternoon. But stick around. Adam's got a full hour of local original uh, <laughs> whatever the hell he does at 6 o'clock. Yeah, uh, traveling without any money. It's surprisingly easy. Just get, just if you don't mind traveling to jail. I got Attaboy on the way. The Hobo uh, Show with Adam Harrahawk, apparently. Learn burn barrels for heat and for light. <laughs> right. Uh, I got Attaboy on the way. I got Howling Diablos. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a good time all the way around. So stick around for that. That's up next. If you're no music up at 7 o'clock, we will talk to you tomorrow afternoon sometime around 3-ish if we make it that far. See ya!